Welcome to Inner Force. Your host is Angela King. Inner Force is all about using the tools within you to be a better leader. If you are looking to build a better business, connect more effectively with others, and become the leader you've always wanted to be, it's time to unleash your own inner force. Now, here is Angela King. Welcome. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. This week, we'll explore the power of boundaries. Setting, holding, and adjusting boundaries takes practice. We'll break down the concept and talk about why boundaries are critical to our effectiveness as leaders and our well-being. Later in the show, in our New Ventures West segment, we'll be joined by Marina Illich, who is a certified integral coach and member of the New Ventures West faculty. As we learn the power of boundaries and hone our skill in setting, holding, and adjusting them, we develop more capacity to stay in connection with ourselves and others. This is what being connected to our inner force is all about. As many of you know, the mission of this show is to create a set of practices to use in the midst of our busy lives that will do three things. First, to help us connect to ourselves. Second, to help us regenerate the state of our inner world. And last, to help us generate fuel to bring our contribution out into the world. So what is inner force? We define it as our deepest, most authentic self and the source of our vitality. Inner force houses our deepest truths, our most tightly held values, and our intuition. And it's already within each of us. Inner force lies below the level of what we know to be our personality that we often show the world. When we talk about our deepest, most authentic self, we're talking about connecting to the you with a capital Y in you, as Oprah says, versus the you of our personality with a small Y, which is what we show the world. Accessing our inner force requires development of a skill that we may or may not have, which is the skill of self-attunement. And this is something we'll be diving into a little more deeply today. We define self-attunement as a physiological and emotional sensing of one's own current experience, rhythm, mood, and needs. And needs are a big topic of today's conversation. Now, last week, we introduced the concept of practicing courage. And we brought in the process of owning our emotions that applied this directly to owning the emotion of fear. We talked about how we can use our three centers of our head, our heart, and our body to help hold the fear and practice courage. This framework for owning emotion is relevant to today's discussion about boundaries, and so we'll recap it a little later in the show. We also introduced the practice of self-remembering in our practice of the week to remember a a time when we had exhibited courage. And I'm wondering if you tried that and how it went for you. We'd love to hear any questions or comments you have, which you can send to us at info at fuelinnerforce.com. And if you missed last week, you can download the recording and the practice on our website, fuelinnerforce.com. So what is a boundary anyway? Webster defines a boundary as something that indicates or fixes a limit. Something such as a river, a fence, or an imaginary line that shows where an area ends and another begins, a point or limit that indicates where two things become different. When we think about boundaries, we can visualize a property line, for example, where one person's property ends and another piece of property begins. When we think about it relative to ourselves and another person, we can think about it in similar terms. A boundary delineates what is me and what is not me. When we think about it relative to behavior, Also, as Webster says, boundaries can be limits that define acceptable behavior. I tend to say it a little bit differently versus what is acceptable or unacceptable. I tend to take ownership for what's okay with me or not okay with me. Now, we may benefit in honing our ability in setting or maintaining boundaries, or we may benefit from learning to soften our boundaries, to have them be less rigid. And the question we'll be asking you to ponder today is, what is it for you? Now, why do boundaries matter? Boundaries are critical for how we manage our lives. In setting boundaries, we are setting limits of what we are willing or not willing to do, what we are willing or not willing to take on or endure from others, what we are willing or not willing to take in from our culture and media, 
to me, this one around media and technology in particular seems like an increasingly ever important one. It also sets the limits of what we are willing or not willing to spend financially, what we are willing or not willing to do in terms of activities of all kinds, whether they are work-related or play-related. Boundaries directly impact our expenditure and conservation of energy. With healthy boundaries, we set ourselves up for success. And in respecting others' boundaries, we support their success. So boundaries also form a foundation of trust, both in terms of our own self-trust and also trust with others. As Brene Brown says in her talk, The Anatomy of Trust, which you can find located under the resources area of our website, she says, quote, I trust you if you are clear about your boundaries and you hold to them, and you are clear about my boundaries and you respect them. Now, when we think about it from a work perspective, boundaries and trust make a whole lot of sense. If I'm sending a member of my team out to do something on my behalf, I have more trust in his or her ability to do that negotiation or whatever they might be taking on if I know that they have clear boundaries. So let's talk a little bit about what's required to work with boundaries. I like the way that Stephen Kessler says it in his book, The Five Personality Patterns, regarding creating healthy boundaries. He says, quote, this requires learning what a healthy boundary is, how to create it, and how to enforce it. It requires psychologically and energetically separating from others, which means giving up the habit of merging with others and practicing being a separate person instead. He goes on to talk about how practicing differentiating what is me from what is not me, differentiating my feelings from your feelings, and my responsibilities from your responsibilities. One piece that is inherent in the boundary conversation is the topic of needs. And this can be super debilitating for some of us. Given our childhood experiences, some of us were taught that it's not okay to have needs, so we never learn to investigate what we need and to ask for it. Some of us were taught that in order to get our needs met, we might need to manipulate the situation because it wasn't acceptable for whatever reason to ask for what we needed directly. So let's be clear, we all have needs. Knowing what those are can be baffling for some of us and super clear and easy for others. If you're having a reaction to what I'm saying right now, like, I don't have any needs, I have no idea what she's talking about, or feeling relief that I'm saying that it's okay to have needs, this may mean that this is an area of work to investigate. Now, the work of Marshall Rosenberg, who created the Nonviolent Communication Framework, is fantastic, and an important support in helping us understand the relationship with, between needs and emotions. Rosenberg says, quote, judgments, criticism, diagnoses, and interpretations of others are all alienated expressions of our own unmet needs and values. When we express our needs indirectly through the use of evaluations, interpretations, and images, others are likely to hear criticism. And when people hear anything that sounds like criticism, they tend to invest their energy in self-defense or counterattack. If we wish for a compassionate response from others, it is self-defeating to express our needs by interpreting or diagnosing their behavior. Instead, the more directly we can connect our feelings to our own needs, the easier it is for others to respond to us compassionately. Unfortunately, most of us have never been taught to think in terms of needs. We are accustomed to thinking about what's wrong with the other person when our needs aren't being fulfilled. Thus, we may interpret our coworkers are irresponsible when they don't go about their task in the way that we would prefer them to. So this is such an important concept. Here he's saying that emotions can be an expression of an unmet need. And I see this all the time in my work with clients and in my own journey. So often we go to pointing the finger at someone else as if something's wrong with them because our need isn't being fulfilled. Now, when we step into this inquiry and get and start practicing how to make clear requests based on what we need, it can be really life-changing. In his book, Rosenberg offers a robust list of basic human needs, which can be super supportive in this inquiry. He calls it, he calls it excuse me, a needs inventory, and you can find a link to it on our website under resources or on his website, cnvc.org. 
The list covers eight broad categories of needs, which include autonomy, which is choosing one's own goals and dreams, celebration, to celebrate life and losses, integrity, which covers authenticity, creating, meaning, and self-worth, interdependence, which covers acceptance, appreciation, contribution, play, spiritual communication, which includes beauty, harmony, and inspiration, and last, physical nurturance, food, shelter, movement, and protection. It's an expansive list, and I know when I read it, it helps me to bring more laser-like clarity to what need is activated in a particular situation and helps me problem-solve what I can do to own that need and take action. This list is so eye-opening. It helps us see both the vastness and the normalcy of having needs, which can be incredibly validating to review and start to take in, understand, and begin to practice with. One of the specific needs on this list is emotional safety, which of course we've talked about here on this show related to owning our emotions at work, which creates psychological safety and has been linked to high-performing teams. Now, Rosenberg, Rosenberg's work also is goes into depth on a super useful framework about communicating with others, which is called nonviolent communication. Now, the name may be a little off-putting, but it is a terrific framework. I highly recommend it. We don't have time to go into it today, but if communication with others is an area of work for you, check out his work, which, again, you can find on cnvc.org, and we also have links to it on fuelinterforce.com under the Resources tab. So we need to take a quick break, and we'll be back to hear more about the series of links here that we need to discuss relative to boundaries. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is Inner Force with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Inner Force. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Today, we're talking about the power of boundaries. And in order to break down the concept, we need to understand the emotions and needs that are embedded. 
So I'd like to bring back the framework that we've been using over the last couple of shows around emotions and apply this to the linkage we're talking about here between emotion, which can often be expressions of unmet needs that we just talked about, and boundaries. So as you may remember, the five steps to owning emotions are one, to tune in and get present. By bringing our attention to the emotion, we acknowledge it and give it some space that it needs. Two is to stay, to trust ourselves to stay with our physical sensations that may be arising with an emotion. As a reminder, conscious breathing and feeling the weight of our body and feet can all be supportive. Later in the show, we'll talk with Marina in our New Ventures West segment about the somatic side of boundaries. Because here we can start to get curious about what does a need or a boundary feel like in my body? Is there a physical sensation with it? And this can be a super, super powerful inquiry. We can actually start to feel the sensation of a need or a boundary before we even know what it is. So step step three in the framework is to name it, to name the emotion we're having. What is it for you? Is it fear? Is it anger? If you don't know which one, that's okay too. If you can stay with the emotion and acknowledge that something's happening, then we give it we start to give it the space that it needs. And often when we've let someone cross over a boundary, we make it really angry. That's a good clue to watch out for. Step four and five in the framework are the choice and about taking action. We begin to see that we have a choice with what's to do next with an emotion. Often, we need to pause to see this choice before going to the final step of taking action, which of course is when we act on one of those choices. There is tremendous power in the pause. In these last two steps of seeing the choice that we have in the situation and taking action, one of the most helpful things we can do is to pause. Because in the pause, we bring our awareness to seeing with objectivity. The power of the pause can change everything. In the pause, we interrupt our habitual reaction and give ourselves a chance to make a more conscious choice. So now, as always, we want to talk about what gets in the way when it comes to boundaries. And as Marshall Rosenberg says in his book, Quote, in a world where we're often judged harshly for identifying and revealing our needs, doing so can be very frightening. If we don't value our needs, others may not either. So now we've talked about underlying belief sets at at many different points during this inner force journey. And we may in fact have an underlying belief set of some kind that's propelling us to consistently put our needs aside or not be able to set or maintain boundaries or to even have them be too rigid. In some cases, we need to let go of this story that we have about ourselves in order to do this. And so one of the questions today is, what is the belief set that might be driving you relative to boundaries? So let's take an example. One uh, female CEO, a working mom with two girls that I was on retreat with a couple of years ago, came to the realization about important change she wanted to make. She wanted to find time a few times a week reliably to take her girls to school and get in a workout. The problem was she had an underlying belief that it was unacceptable for her to start her day at 9 a.m. She had a fear about how she would be seen by others. Once she got clear about how important it is to her to take her girls to school and get that workout in before she started her workday, it became easier for her to decide that she was ready to put down this belief about it being unacceptable to take some time in the morning. So then she set the boundary. She booked it in her calendar as a meeting, and on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, she drops off the girls at school and gets in her workout between 8 and 9, and she's happier and healthier because of it. So this is an example of acknowledging a belief set and the associated emotion, in this case was fear, identifying the need and setting a boundary in our schedule to make it happen. It's also, I want to point out, a great example of how our internal dialogue and fears contribute to what is an already difficult challenge of managing the balance between work and life. So boundaries can either be with myself or, of course, with others, and this is important to see. It's critical that we see our own agency in what we are doing, or maybe not doing, that facilitates our needs getting met. So boundaries represent the line between all kinds of things. They represent the line between what is me and not me. This might be something to contemplate with our teams or in our relationship with our partner or kids. 
Boundaries represent the line between work and rest. Do I answer the phone in the middle of the night Japan time or do I wait and sleep the four hours I need to before I get up for the big meeting in the morning? They represent the line between rest and play. Can I take that vacation I've planned even though the big product launch has pushed into the window of my vacation? They represent the line between perfection and good enough. When is the presentation good enough to step back from and rest so I can actually be awake enough to give it in the morning? Boundaries represent the line between time with others and time alone. The line between offline time and technology-driven time. The line between space for exploration and creativity for just the sake of versus the need to do, go, and produce or maybe a compulsion to do those things. These all represent a line between extremes and a tension that we're all managing in our work and our lives. There is a line between the internal boundaries that we have with ourselves and the external boundaries or requirements of our work and our life. And often we get these confused. Often we can think that work is taking over our lives. And look, yes, absolutely. Work can be completely overwhelming in terms of what we're being asked to do. I get it. And there's also a question here worth contemplating, which is where is my responsibility in keeping it right-sized? The work and life balance conundrum has everything to do with management of my internal boundaries, particularly the ones that I may perceive as external to me, even when they aren't. This is an investigation that is well worth our time. Personally, I find it helpful to notice when I'm putting in extra effort or time beyond what is required. I like to ask the question of what would happen if I did a little bit less here. What could I do with the extra time? Often, there's an old underlying belief set that's driving the extra efforting. I've shared this before. I have a, quote, I'm a hard worker story that I've shared previously. And I worked, I have worked super hard in my life. And I've seen my value as what I produce. And it has served me very well. Yet left unchecked, it is completely unsustainable. In order to balance work and my life, it helps to put that story down and know my essential value for what it truly is, which is way more expansive than what I produce. So now, how does this affect our ability as leaders? Again, boundaries allow us to know what is me and not me, what I'm asking another to do and where I'm going to intervene, what I'll call macro-management versus micromanagement, which is a phenomenon which can be so debilitating for ourselves and our teams and an opportunity in which we can hugely benefit from the use of appropriate boundaries. Giving our teams enough room to roam, create, solve, and innovate while still checking in to ensure they have what they need to be successful, be that support, information, or guidance. Ultimately, micromanagement is a result of crossing over boundaries, often out of the wish or perhaps compulsion to control every detail. If micromanagement is an area where we struggle, we can start to ask ourselves, what's underneath that? What's the underlying driver? For many of us, the answer is the emotion of fear that we spoke about in our last show. In my experience, one of the trickiest places in the course of one's career is the transition from individual contributor to manager. And some of us don't make this transition with ease or consciousness, and then it gets in our way the rest of our career. When one makes this transition from knowing every last detail of the work to managing people who are doing the detail, there's a massive shift, and it can be super scary. This is the place where development of clear boundaries for ourselves and our teams can be a game changer. What is required is a development of ways to be in conversation with our team so that we can pressure test the details are being attended to in a way that ensures being set up for success without tearing into every detail in a way that disempowers our people. And this is a fine line to walk. When it comes to how boundaries affect our well-being, this comes back to how we are in relationship to that vast set of needs we talked about that we referred to earlier that we all have. As Rosenberg says, quote, when we reclaim our needs, we take responsibility for our own fulfillment. And we're going to be diving into this further next week when we talk about the power of restoring ourselves and actually in the following week as well when we dive into the power of cultivating our agency. In both of these upcoming shows, we'll be talking about the concepts that we've introduced today. 
Some of us don't struggle with setting boundaries. We struggle with our boundaries being too rigid. So the question is, what is it for you? Where is your area of development in this arena of boundaries? Is it in setting them and maintaining them? Do you fall into collapse with no or boundaries that are too flexible? Or are you actually on the rigid side? Would you benefit from more permeable boundaries? And another question to ask is, are there certain situations when this tends to happen? My guess is that will be true. You may notice that during times of stress, you have one set of challenges with boundaries versus times of low stress. Now, it's also important to note that as we start practicing working with new ways with our boundaries, whatever side of the spectrum we're on, it's common that we swing way over to the other extreme at first. But with practice, we'll eventually start to come back into balance and find a way that works for us. Experimentation is key here in the exploration. Now, in these last couple of minutes, I'd like to zoom out here for a more macro view of boundary. A couple of weeks ago, I was attending a small gathering of leaders with author and poet David White in a conversation about leadership. He and his partner, Gail Karen Young, brought in the broad notion of boundary related to our transformation. One of the concepts they were speaking to is the relationship between the day-to-day of what we have to manage, which they called the mundane of our lives, and what they called the mythical, what we can step into in our growth and transformation. Ultimately, of course, we have to manage both, the day-to-day of the details of our work and living our lives, and also keeping an eye on the growth or transformation we want to step into in our life. So one question we can ask ourselves is where are you in this conversation between the everyday of your life and looking out towards the horizon of how and where you want to grow, develop, and stretch? If you're looking for fuel for the journey of transformation, fuel for the call that we're making here for each of us to rise, David White is the author to read or listen to. He speaks beautifully to the tension we have to manage in our lives in this type of a more macro boundary between what is us now and what we are called to become. It is, of course, in being in the presence of this moment that we accept what's true, and in the acceptance, we dropped into the spaciousness that allows us to see and step into the larger conversation for us in our lives. We have to take another quick break, and we'll be back to speak with Marina Ilnich in our New Ventures West segment. We'll talk about what it takes to step into this inquiry and in a practical way. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info 
at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. This is Interforce with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Interforce. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Interforce. Today, in our new Ventures West segment, we're super fortunate to have Marina Illich. Marina is a Columbia and Oxford-educated executive coach and leadership consultant. She provides one-on-one coaching and leadership facilitation for global biotech, high-tech organizations, private equity firms, and startups. Marina earned a PhD from Columbia University and holds a PCC certification from the International Coaching Federation. She also serves on the faculty of New Ventures West. Marina, thank you so much for joining us today. And it's such a pleasure that we get to be here together in person. Thank you. It's a delight. So as you know, today we're talking about the power of boundaries and the skill of setting, maintaining, and adjusting boundaries to serve us in our work and our lives. And this, the mission of this show, as you also know, is to help support us in building and maintaining a connection with ourselves. And so I thought maybe we could start off by hearing your perspective on that, both more generally as well as specifically as it relates to boundaries. So this is a a big question, but I would start with the idea that the basis of all personal growth and development is first sensing or learning how to sense, are we inside our experience? Are we inside our experience versus what? observing it from the perspective of our inner critic, getting caught up in patterns of reactivity, getting caught up in what we think the world wants from us, or can we be inside ourselves and know ourselves from there? So without trying to be reductive, I think there's a real value in asking questions that have us consider, how do I know that I'm inside myself? Yeah. And there are a million, million things we could talk about on that, but that's where I would start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the journey of this show throughout the various uh, segments and episodes that we're doing has been covering where we're connecting to ourselves through our head, mm-hmm. understanding the power of thought, understanding how our attention moves through mindfulness our heart and getting clear about emotions and also our body. And I think specifically related to boundaries, the body can be a huge source of information. And um, I thought maybe we could also talk about that, like how boundaries can be informed by our actual inside our experience of our physical body. Yeah. My sense is that we can't actually have boundaries until we are connected to our body. So what I mean by that is we'll think, oh, I have this big ambition. I'm going to go do this thing in the world. And then all these old habits of, of conditioning will propel us forward. And we might be very, very effective at that, but we have no context for when we're moving past our limits mm-hmm. or when it's starting to feel uncomfortable. Maybe it's an ethical breach. Like all of a sudden I'm being asked to do this thing that's slightly wonky, but I'm saying yes because it looks like it's aligned with my goal. Mm -hmm. Or we think, oh, that's so exciting emotionally. Oh, wow, I want to do it. But if we tune in a little bit more, the body might say, yes, and Mm -hmm. I want to do it and under these circumstances. So an example from my life, I am. I love to go on retreats, different kinds of retreats that are meditation retreats, and I have chemical sensitivities. So that means I'm on a very limited diet. So I might think, oh, wow, I want to go to that place or that monastery, and who cares if it's really cold at night and they feed you porridge and a carrot and all of that. 
it's not going to work for me. Yeah. I'm going to be overstressing my body and overstressing my interiority. So uh, I've got a pretty ambitious mind. So my mind might say, oh, steal up. You can do it. But I've learned over the years that doesn't serve integration. So if what we're in the middle of in terms of trying to sense ourselves so that we can sense boundaries that are appropriate for us is integrating head, heart, and body. If I just go along with what my head says or, boy, this is exciting, what my heart says, I get myself into trouble. Yeah. So I've learned to just be discriminating and then do all kinds of self-advocacy and, hey, you know, could I bring a little stash of this or... And if it doesn't work, I don't go to that retreat. I find some other way to engage with that community or that teacher or that practice. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the signs that we can look for in our body? Like, how do we Mm -hmm. know, how can we tell somatically that we need to set a boundary or that we've maybe, to your point, blown past a boundary Mm -hmm. and we don't even know, or maybe our boundaries are too rigid and... We need to loosen those and have things be more permeable. So I think this happens um, on a graded spectrum of subtlety. So at the grossest level, we know because we're screaming at the driver in front of us. (laughs) (laughs) And then we can work backwards from there. Right. Why am I in such a rush? Uh, Why are my meetings so close together? Yeah. Why is all of this crammed on one day? Why am I trying to be in two cities at once? Or whatever version of that we do. (laughs) So that's the gross level. Or it could be, I can't concentrate. I'm fuzzy. I'm apathetic. I'm starting to disengage. I I, I don't really care that the slide deck looks good enough. Oh, did I eat today? When was the last time I ate? Oh, that was seven hours ago. So that's a very gross level. Yeah. Of listening to body cues. So um, am I nourished? Am I rested? Am I alert mm-hmm. or sluggish? All of that. Mm-hmm. But at a much subtler level, it's learning to track who we are moment by moment. Yeah. So there are a lot of moves we can make. One of the key ones for discovering who we are and what boundaries we might want to set is first to find our, our place of ease. So if the body's a temple... Are we sitting in the temple with the ease of that sacred structure around us? Mm-hmm. So some places to check. Can I feel the support of the world? So uh, can I feel the ground? Or here, this office you've built is stunning. It's contained. It's private. And yet there's light coming in. And I can see beautiful shrubbery on the other side. So I feel uh, nourished by the light but contained. I feel very safe. Mm-hmm. So we can feel the, the container we're in. We can feel the um, quiet. It's very quiet in here. All of these things are things we can scan for to see if we can find our settledness. Yeah. We can also look inside the body. So even if we're experiencing chronic pain or anxiety or going through a heart-wrenching, difficult moment, is there a place in our body that feels at ease? So for some people, it'll be their feet or the seat of their torso. For many, it'll be... The extremities, Mm -hmm. they don't want to be in their core. It's too noisy in there. Mm -hmm. So their hands, their arms. For some, it could be feeling the length of your spine, feeling how your spine supports you. So these are different ways we can start to come into contact with ourselves somatically as a basis to first gauge, who am I in this moment? Then from there, we've got some safety. Oh, wow, this is on my mind. Or, oh, wow, that pain, that sciatica, that's really distracting me, and it's, it's really unnerving me. So that's, that's what I would offer. Let's first find our safe place and then learn who we are from that place of safety. Otherwise, it's um, like jumping out of a plane and then figuring out what we want to do. We can't right. do those things at once. First, let's land. Right. Then let's find out what's happening. What do I need? Yeah. Yeah. We introduced in episode three a few weeks ago, we we introduced the centering practice from leadership mm-hmm. embodiment mm-hmm. and that five second version of, you know, sort of recentering ourselves through mm-hmm. our breath and our and our groundedness and our posture and then building that into what we're calling a one on one check in meeting with ourselves, mm-hmm. which seems to me exactly what you're suggesting is this way in which we start to then habitually check in as a regular course of business instead of having that be 
something we don't do very often. Yeah, so that's beautiful. The more we can do that, the more chance we have of setting boundaries that are honest. Yeah. So here's what I mean by that. If I'm super upset because I feel like somebody has imposed or betrayed or done something that invades, feels invasive, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put down a boundary, I, I'm not in myself right now. I'm in my reactivity. Right. So the reactivity can be part of me, but think of it this way. It's like, um, am I the storm clouds or am I the sky that contains them? Yes. So whatever arises in my field of experience, can I feel the container? If I can feel the container that can really allow for any kind of cloud formation to appear, then I can say, oh, wow, there's storm clouds. I am really angry. <sighs> Deep breath out. Okay, what, what, to, what clear request or clear um, declaration do I need to make yes. in this situation? So now my boundary is coming from my center. It's not coming from reactivity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's so beautiful, the connection with the emotion, because what something emotions have been something we we're talking about over the last few weeks and how important those that our emotions play a role in our everyday experience and we don't sometimes take the time to acknowledge them or to own them. And that's one of the processes that we're working through. And um, the other thing I would just add is that I can sort of feel boundary when I need to set a boundary or if I've overstepped one I feel a um it's sort of like a rod or a, a a line that sort of emerges in my in my uh chest almost that's like oh ouch like mm, that's too much you know if I set move meetings too close or I sign up to do something in it and all of a sudden I'm like if I do that Ugh, that doesn't feel quite right. There's this way that there's a constriction that I start to feel. And I'm learning to pay attention to that differently and to have a, institute the pause where we can stop, I can stop and sort of get centered and figure out what that constriction's about and then make a choice. It's a really different way than just blowing by and saying yes, 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 or no, no, no. It's such a beautiful distinction because if we look closely, at least in my experience, I'm surprised sometimes by the instruction I get from inside. Right. Um, I just got off a, a video call with a beautiful client who is a strong Enneagram 8 and goes out there and does his thing and is a strong challenger and a very high stress uh, manufacturing situation. And he's learning to make requests and he uh, discovered that the only way he could find out what he needs is to pause and in this case recently he lost a family member wow and his wife and daughter were to go to another location another destination and he was going to fly back to the midwest and he said no no of course you guys go on your trip and he told me this morning i got into the shower and it was in the shower that i realized oh god no i really need their support so the boundary there was a boundary with his inner critic that says plow through yeah you can do it and he said, listen, guys, do you think you could reroute? Let's yeah. all go back to the Midwest together. And he said it was absolutely transformative to experience this you know, loss with that support. So beautiful. What a beautiful story. And unfortunately, we're going to have to stop here and take a break. But thank you so much for sharing that. That's a lovely example of exactly what we're talking about. So we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back to talk some more with Marina. Thank you. us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. 
Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is Inner Force with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Inner Force. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. We're talking today about the power of boundaries, and we're here with Marina Illich, executive coach and member of New Ventures West faculty. And so let's pick up where we left off there um, around how can we tell if a boundary that we've set is too rigid? And where does that come up in our body, perhaps? It's such an important place to check. Uh, I'll speak to why it's important first, which is say you are on a diet or on a regime and that um, exercise regime and you're holding to it. But it's reinforcing a kind of lack of compassion towards self and a lack mm-hmm. of listening where enough is enough. So I'm totally paleo or I'm totally whatever. That can start to collude with inner critic patterns. So a great place yes. to check is, is my spirit here kind and caring towards myself? And we'll usually know our body will feel tight or drained or disciplined. And we'll know, whoa, 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 we're holding this way too tightly. So that's how, um, I think that's why it's important. And we'll usually get a cue from the body that'll say, this doesn't feel good. Don't treat me like that. Right. I love that you're bringing the inner critic. We've been working with that as we go here. And it's so important. So important. Um, And then I also wanted to bring in the question of what gets in our way of setting boundaries. Habits, most of them unconscious. <laughs> we get conscious. And um, habits and pressure. The more under pressure we are, the more likely we are to give away or, or break our boundaries. There's a great quote, quote by um, a Greek poet, I think. And it goes something like this We don't rise to the level of our expectation, we fall to the level of our training. Wow. I love that. So that training is just checking out, did I hold my boundaries? How do I know? And the more we can interrupt the ways that say, oh, but they need me, Mm -hmm. is the call to break our boundaries, the more we can um, not do that in the future. So it's really about maybe developing a practice every day of checking, when did I hold my boundaries? How do I know? When did I break them? How do I know? And part of that, how do I know, will be somatic. Mm-hmm. Something will happen in our body, just like you said, that rod in your chest mm-hmm. that feels like, oh, that didn't feel good. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Thank you. So we unfortunately are going to have to wrap up here. This is so short, um, but I so appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much for making time out of your busy schedule to be with us today and bring your insight and expertise. Thank you so much, Angela. You're doing such powerful work, and uh, it's an absolute honor to be in conversation with you. Thank you. And this is the time when we move into introduce the practice of the week. And this week, it's going to be a continuing inquiry of our daily weather report, checking in on our emotional body and how we're doing, and then adding in a self-inquiry around what we need and what boundary we might need to either set or adjust. And so, and this all, the recap of this is up on our website, fuelinnerforce.com. So the idea is to do this daily whenever it works for you over the course of the next week and to consider perhaps adding this into the one-on-one meeting with yourself that we've been doing. And for those of you who may not have heard about that yet, the idea is that generally on a team or with our boss, we might have a way that we check in with another employee. And the idea is to take that sort of a framework, but to do it with ourselves for just a few minutes 
uh, at least once a day. And this exercise would be something that you could add into that. So the way that we tend to start our one-on-one meeting or recommend that we get started is by taking, getting present and taking 10 conscious breaths, which approximately takes us one minute to do. And then to ask yourself, what's happening in my emotions right now? And you can refer to the five key tenets of emotional ownership that we've introduced over the last few weeks. Those are to tune in, to stay, to name it, whatever that emotion is, to know that you have a choice, and then to decide to take action. Step three is to ask yourself a question. What is the underlying need that I have right now underneath this emotion? And then to ask yourself, is there a boundary I need to set with myself or someone else in order to get that need met? Or perhaps there's a boundary that already exists that I need to adjust in some way. And then the last piece of this is to, when it feels accessible and appropriate, to take that action of setting the new boundary or adjusting an existing one. And this is all recapped on the download that you can get on the website, fuelinnerforce.com. We recommend, of course, that you use this with what we call the three C's. Courage to try it in the first place. Curiosity to learn about the nature of our thoughts and emotions. And compassion, to be kind to ourselves, no matter what we discover. So that concludes today's show. You can tune in next week when we talk about the power of restoring ourselves. We'll talk about the process of discovering what actually restores us and nourishes us versus the cultural norms and what they maintain as restorative. We'll explore a breadth of different types of sources of nourishments. And we'll get tactical about how we can access these in the midst of our busy daily lives. We'll discuss why it matters and what gets in our way of making it happen. In our new Ventures West segment, we'll be joined by Melissa McVicker, a certified integral coach from New Ventures West and the Associate Vice President of Human Resources Communication at Stanford University, who will be with us to share her experience on the topic. As we learn the power of restoring ourselves and the deep restoration and the impact that that can have in our work and our lives, we begin to step into this exploration in a new way, which supports us in deepening our connection to ourselves and with others. This is what being connected to our inner force is all about. We hope you'll join us next week here on the Voice America Business Channel on Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific. The most important connection we make is the one that we cultivate with ourselves. Take time to fuel this connection every day. Connect, ignite, rise. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Thank you for tuning in this week to Inner Force. Be sure to join host Angela King for another program next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Inner Force. Connect. Ignite. Rise.